Welcome to the Losing Weight with Fasting and Mindful Eating podcast. I am your host, Monika Banach, an advanced practice nurse and a weight loss coach. I am so grateful for you taking the time to listen to today's episode. Welcome to episode five. This is a replay from a Zoom call number two that Angelica Lopez and I did on August 9, 2020 for the ladies' private Facebook group that we both run. This Zoom call is all about mastering refeeds. You guys will want to listen to this. Proper refeeds are more important than the actual fast itself. As a disclaimer, everything discussed here is based on personal knowledge and experience. None of this is medical advice. The content discussed here is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding starting a new diet or a workout routine. Let's get started. All right, I'm going to hand it over to our beautiful Monica. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm super excited to to talk to you guys about the refeeds because actually Angelica and I do slightly different refeeds. I usually just do OMAD and she does two MAD, like two meals a day, which is kind of cool. I have tried both and there's a reason why we both do it different ways. And I'm excited to talk about it here in a minute. So how to properly break a fast. The most important thing is, you know, you've done all this hard work. Let's say you're going to finish this five-day fast. And, you know, your body does a lot of healing, autophagy. You want to introduce good food and good stuff to your body because that can completely ruin your gut. If you reintroduce bad bacteria into your, in your, into your gut, you're going to feel terrible. And I'm sure you guys all done it. I have. There's also an increased number of stem cells and you need to feed them with the best possible nutrient-rich foods. That's very important, especially at like day five. Anywhere from day three to day five, that's when you have the highest amount of stem cells your body is very sensitive and it will absorb everything, the good and the bad. So just be very aware of that, especially after refeed. So I, after anything longer than 72 hours, I refeed slowly. Like I know I talk about like, you know, don't eat all day, you know, like keep your refeeds to one to two hours, but anything longer than 72 hours, that's different, okay? Because everything slows down in your body. And usually what I do is I start off with some bone broth because it is not only good for your gut, but it helps to kind of wake up your digestion and get everything moving again. Let's say you throw in some, I don't know, steak and something else, you will not be able to digest it because your enzymes, like I just said, and your bacteria in your gut are lowered. And 
Usually my second part of my meal, about an hour later after my bone broth, I eat some cooked, like soft cooked vegetables. Anything fermented is great, like sauerkraut, kimchi, good bacteria for your gut. If you can tolerate dairy, you can also do kefir. I love kefir, but I know there's a lot of people that are not, they're intolerant to dairy. Kefir also helps to feed that beneficial bacteria in your gut. And then any low glycemic fruit, you don't want anything super high in sugar, especially after a five-day fast. Then avocado and like a small, small amount of protein, great choices as well. Foods to avoid. Of course, any crucif- we were just talking about this with Angelica, any cruciferous vegetables because they will bloat you. So maybe wait till a little bit later to eat those. Fruit juices, not good. Fructose is still sugar. Fruit is great, but it is nature's candy. So you want to be also very aware of it. And the reason for that is the refeeding syndrome. I don't know if you guys heard of it, but I posted a couple of things about it in one of my refeed slides that I did. We're a lot less likely to get the refeed syndrome because we do include electrolytes in our water. If you just drink plain water and you flush out a lot of your electrolytes, that's when you run the risk of the refeed syndrome. And the refeed syndrome is basically a fatal shift in fluids and electrolytes. So when you suddenly increase the glucose, what happens, some of your electrolytes like potassium, magnesium, and phosphate can shift from the outside of the cell into to the inside of the cell. So that can be very dangerous. So just kind of take it slow. Oh, one more thing about foods to avoid. And I know we've talked about this before, alcohol. I cannot tell you how many people drink alcohol on their first refeed. Do not do that. You're going to sabotage not only your results, because you're not going to be fat burning for 40, up to 48 hours after you drink, but you can get so sick because the alcohol is absorbed so much quicker into your body. I actually stopped, I stopped drinking about four months ago. That was the hardest part for me because I love wine martinis, wine, whatever, but I haven't missed it. It's just, it's quite interesting. If any of you have any questions about that, let me know. Cause I read some really, really good books that kind of helped me just stop drinking. <laughs> what I normally do is OMAD. When I'm not fasting, I do OMAD. So that means one meal per day. Usually I consume my meals after I work out. So any day that I do one meal a day, I always make sure I do a good workout, like weight training and so forth. I do not eat late. I don't eat after 6 p.m. unless I have some kind of event or dinner because you want to burn these calories throughout the day. So the sooner you eat, the better it is. And you're not going to bed with a full stomach. And instead of healing your body, you are working and digesting your food. You want to allow that time at night to heal and rest. Uh, OMAD also works for people like myself with addictions, binge eating, because I only allow myself about one hour to two hours max to, to eat that meal. And then I don't snack. The short feeding windows really help me stay on track and not just snack throughout the day. 
Another thing that I like about the whole idea of OMAD is that you're only decreasing, you're only increasing your blood sugar one time per day. And that increases the benefits of like decreasing your inflammation because your body only has to go one time into your pancreas to release insulin to bring that blood sugar down. And so there's a lot of studies that show that it's great for like anti-aging, increases your longevity, increases autophagy, and so forth. And another thing is it's simple, it's convenient, you don't have to worry about like bringing food to work and so forth. And it saves a lot of money too, because you're only eating one meal a day. And, you know, of course, once I get to my goal weight, I'll probably end up changing my, you know, like we talk with Angelica, maybe I'll do ADF, maybe I'll do TUMAT, just depending how my body responds to where I am at the current situation, because we're both so close to our goal weight. And you just kind of have to listen to your body. If OMA is great, do it. If it doesn't work, you might have to change things up. It's not how much you eat, but how often you eat. Studies actually show, and I'll try to post them here later, that people that eat less often actually live longer. Because if you think about it, most, most people these days are in a constant state of feeding. Even like a small snack will stimulate your glucose, your insulin, and will force digestion. Even if you just eat that one peanut, it's still you know, your whole body goes into the digestion mode. And eating less often, it doesn't mean eating like less calories, less food. That's calorie restriction. And we don't want that because calorie restriction is what will slow down your metabolism. And, you know, like my first month, I did eat a lot less calories and that's fine. You know, a few weeks to a month, to help you get drop that initial weight. But then you have to give your body food. You have to change things up because otherwise it's going to adjust to what you're doing and it's going to think that you're going into starvation mode and it will hold on to all that fat at all costs. Okay. That's why like you've, you've heard of people that they're doing diets that are only eating like 500 calories a day and they still don't lose weight. That's exactly what happens is that when your metabolism slows down, your body goes into a starvation mode. And we do not want that. All right, supplements. I don't use a ton of supplements. I use supplements to supplement and not to replace whole foods. I try to get most of my stuff from real food. But there are times like, you know, in the winter, I usually end up being a little bit low in vitamin D3. So I always supplement with that. And the reason I put D3 with K2, and a lot of people actually don't know that, but you have to take vitamin K2 with a D3 because D3, if you have too much vitamin D3, it actually can lead with calcium excess. And then vitamin K2 controls the absorption of calcium into the blood. You do not want that calcium to go into the wrong areas like your arteries and so forth. So you always want to supplement with K2 as well. 
electrolytes, like we've talked about it before. I use the Ultima, although I found a new electrolyte that I'm testing that is cheaper and has a lot more minerals and stuff in there and less crap. So I'll test it out and let you guys know. I have, of course, I use snake juice and I got the mineral tabs. So I'm going to see, I might use those during my dry fast this time and just kind of see how my body responds. And then for hair and skin, you know, as you get older, I always supplement a little bit of collagen. I use pine pollen and biotin. I love the matcha green tea or just a regular green tea. I think it's great. It helps diurese you and it's a great antioxidant as well. And I always brag about my magnesium calm. I love that stuff. I, I have it almost every single night. I love it. It helps me sleep. And most people are actually deficient in magnesium because our soils are deficient. So we, we're not getting magnesium in our food like we're supposed to be. And magnesium is needed in over like 300 biochemical reactions in the body. It helps maintain like, ner- like normal nerve muscle function. It's, it's good for like immune system, keeps your heart rate steady, bone health, and it helps adjust your blood sugar as well. So that's one supplement that I take pretty much every single day, except when I'm dry fasting. Okay. Let me ask a good question. What signs will you use when at goal weight to determine whether you stick to OMAD or TUMAD versus ADF? I think if I'm, I'm continuing to lose weight on OMAD, I'll probably go to TUMAD and, and I will do a meal before I go to the gym and then when I finish the gym. And then if I'm gaining too much with either TUMAD or OMAD, then I'll probably do ADF, which is like about 36 hours. So I'm the type of person, I don't really like the whining. I don't like the BS. I don't like the I'm tired, it's raining, like I don't like any of those excuses. Those are excuses that you're putting onto yourself to try to justify the fact that you're not sticking to what you said you would do. So for me, it it comes down to integrity, right? So there's different levels of integrity. And every time you fast, you elevate yourself to a different level of integrity. So this is my third five-day dry fast. And every time that I keep doing it, I go up in a level of integrity. What am I going to do different? What am I going to, how am I going to prep so that I can continue to succeed? And what do I need to have in place so that I don't get thirsty or hungry or bored or, you know, sad, mad, crappy, whatever it is. Always have your accountability partner. I think that's very important. So, all right. So I do two, two mad. So that's two meals a day. My meals are usually at 12 o'clock and four o'clock. I don't usually veer away from those times, just like Monica, unless there's a special event. Given that there's been a pandemic, there hasn't been any special events. So we don't really have to worry about that. So the way I structured it is when I first started fasting, Cole had me on a thousand calorie fruit diet, which was very high in nutrition, very high in, in carbs. I think it was like 200 to 300 grams of carbs per day, which is, which is high. But whenever you're only eating one food group, you're getting all your vitamins and minerals from that one food group. So your body is going to absorb most of that. As we know, fruits have a lot of 
they're very highly nutritious and they're very water dense, which means they will be absorbed into the bloodstream for the nutrition purposes. And then based on the water, it's going to hydrate you. So because I told Cole, I want to lose as much weight as fast as possible, I'm going to be doing a 72 dry. So I never veered away from the, from the two mad. I would fast for 72 hours and I would eat for 48 hours. So I never did rolling anything. Now, two mad is particularly really good for people who are high active, who are moving a lot, standing a lot, and who are just really enjoy their workout. So the way that I structured is I get up and I'm still fasting from four o'clock. So technically there's always, there's always a form of fasting, even if it's intermediate fasting. I will go to the gym and I will hit the gym and do weights on the food that I ate the night before so that my body is utilizing the food that I had already consumed from the night before. And a lot of that is carbs because I am not keto and I'm not low carb. I, I need those carbs to be able to push those heavy weights. What I do is I'll go and I'll do my workout and then I'll come home and I'll eat. And then at four o'clock, I'll have my dinner. But then I go ahead and go walk six miles at night. So the first meal gets absorbed because my muscles and my glycogen stores are really low from the weightlifting that whenever I eat that meal, the muscles will absorb the, that meal right away and go to where we want it, to reparation of muscle. Whenever you lift, you're, you're tearing your muscles and you need food in order to restore that and grow the muscle. And then my dinner gets usually scrubbed in my night six mile walk because it's 100 degrees outside and I'm walking outside. So by the end of the day, I'm usually down two to four pounds eating twice a day. Now, a lot of that is probably water fluctuation, but I maintain that, which is really interesting. Again, low glycemic carbs. I eat tons of fruit, black beans, all types of potatoes, sprouted oatmeal, and you know Ezekiel bread. I keep it low fat based on my genetic testing that I took. My body does better on high, high protein, low fat. So I do what my, you know, genetic makeup says that it's optimal for me. And believe it or not, I'm actually up to 2000 calories. I, I can smash like 2000 calories, no problem. I probably was, will stay about that, maybe go up to 2500. But keep in mind, the high level of calories is based on your activity level. Don't expect to be able to eat 2000 calories if you're sitting on the couch all day long. It's not going to work like that. I have a standing desk. I stand for eight hours a day while I'm working. I walk, I lift. I probably sit down for the two hours when my kids are home. And then probably when I, my, you know, relaxing at, at when I get back from my walk, probably one hour I spent, you know, sending emails to you guys, responding on Facebook, and then I go to sleep. So really standing burns calories and I just want you ladies to know that that when you stand you're actively burning calories and you don't even have to move so keep that in mind again I keep protein super high I do heavy lifting and I do eat a lot of protein again based on your goals you can 
have your macros, macronutrients, you, you break it down into what your goals are. So obviously my goal is to build more muscle. I want to have a muscular physique. Not everybody wants that type of physique. And so you can eat based on your goals, right? I'm not keto. I don't do well with high fat food. My body does not absorb fat. It doesn't know how to metabolize it well based on just my genetic makeup. I always like to tell people that my ancestors were probably Aztecs that were just, you know, eating tons of carbs and tortillas and, you know, killing animals and stuff. And so I don't know, that's probably why I'm like that. So again, I will continue to eat two meals a day. I, I never changed my two meals a day because I wanted to mimic what I was going to be eating when I was go weight. So I never wanted to take any meals away. Now keep in mind, again, I'm going to say this again, and I will repeat myself. When you go to two meals a day, there is that window where you could binge and you could say, okay, well, I'm going to eat at noon and then I'm kind of going to go crazy at four o'clock. But again, you cannot snack. It's, it's almost like you have to have your meals prepared, what you're going to eat. And if you have crap in the house, you're going to eat the crap in the house. Because if it's in your house, there's a possibility that you may eat it. So just don't have it in the house. And I hate when moms are saying, well, my kids eat crap. Your kids should not be eating crap. You're, you are the parent and you are the adult. You choose the food for your children to eat and show your kids how to eat so that when they're adults, they don't have to deal with the bullshit that we have to deal with, with trying to get fat and losing the weight. So I'm a mom, I have two toddlers, two and four, I do not feed my children crap. And I, you know, get so much crap for it. But my kids are healthy weight, they're active, they're, you know, they're super smart. And so for those moms out there saying my kids eat shit, your kids eat shit because you allow them to eat shit. So just keep that in mind. And then again, I'm just going to reiterate again what Monica said, do not eat all day long. That's what causes you to be fat. The more insulin spikes that you have, the more it's going to be stored as fat. The reason why we were fat in the first place was because we kept eating and we were not utilizing the stored fat. When you fast, you allow your body to start breaking down your storage of fat. That's why you start leaning out because you're allowing the body to eat away at that fat. So, you know, when people are freaking out about dry fast and fasting and you, you're, you know, if you're over 30 pounds, even 20 pounds, you have fat to feed you for a while. So don't freak out. You're not going to pass out. Just grab your fat and say, feed me fat, because that's what's going to feed you. I should have put my picture from when I was almost 200 pounds. I mean, I literally had like a tub that you can just like eat off of, right? And now it's it's getting, you know, it's, it's, it's minimal, right? And so I mean, I'm super interested to see where this five day fast, it's going to have to pull from what's left. It's incredible. And you know, have compassion with yourself and your body. Our bodies are extraordinary. They do these incredible things. You just have to allow it and give it that time to break those fats down. So I always tell people, your fat is stored for a, a rainy day 
or it's stored for when you get stuck on the mountain and there's no rescue team, you can sustain because of that fat that you have. Now, now that we're getting leaner, I, I don't know how we're going to sustain ourselves. And so I don't know about you, but I don't think I'm going to be stuck on a mountain anytime soon. I live super heavy, upper body, lower splits. I cycle between two to three times a week. I live super heavy. And again, I walk five to six miles every night. Now, again, with the walking, I've had this conversation mi- numerous times with you ladies. You have to walk. You have to move. If you are fasting and you expect to lose 20, 30, 50 pounds sitting on your ass on the couch, it's not going to happen. You're going to lose weight, but you're not allowing your body to metabolize and move around. Our bodies were meant to move. We're upright, which means that we walk and we're supposed to be moving. We're not animals. We're not on our all fours. At some point we were. So I'll be honest with you. I had never walked eight miles, 10 miles until Monica decided to do these crazy challenges. And I, I'm all for you, it. You know? oh, excuse me. Are you calling my challenges crazy? Yeah, they're crazy. Being crazy. And, <laughs> yeah, they're not supposed to be easy, guys. They're not supposed to be easy. They're not easy for me. They're not easy for Monica. Wow. Monica sometimes works 24-hour shifts. I work crazy shifts as well. And, you know, I got toddlers and all that other stuff going on. And then we're in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, what else can you possibly be doing but walking outside? You know, get out there. And here's the other thing. I want to be very clear on cheat meals. They're not the devil. It's okay to cheat. But be aware that when you cheat, you have to scrub it. Now, I'm an emotional eater. I have always been an emotional eater. I think a lot of us have some type of inclination to be an emotional eaters because growing up, we, you know, different cultures that we all come from, we celebrate with champagne, we celebrate with cake, we celebrate with this, but nobody ever taught us to celebrate with a bowl of fruit or a steak or, you know, something that's more healthy. We always celebrate with crap that's going to make us feel like shit. So in hindsight, if you really start to think about it, you eat something because your brain likes how it feels, because it's your brain that's, that's generating these, these binges and these feelings of wanting to eat. And then, cause your stomach doesn't feel good. And we all know that you eat something and you feel like ass and your stomach bloats. And then you get upset because you're fat now and your belly's hanging off your pants, your pants don't fit. And this whole idea about wearing stretchy pants to Thanksgiving, like, that's insane. Like, no, you should not do that because you need to know that your stomach is about to blow through your pants. And wearing stretchy pants is is like a band-aid, right? So here's the thing. If you are going to cheat, and I have cheat days, and I've told Monica about this, when I cheat, I automatically go into at least a 48-hour dry. Because I can scrub out that meal in, two, in 48 hours. You drink alcohol, your fat metabolized pathway shuts down for 48 hours. So if you're drinking a glass of wine every night, you're, you're halting your fat metabolic pathway, which means you're not burning any fat. So, and again, back to the walking. When you walk at a steady low pace, you're burning fat. 
because you're going steady state. Steady state cardio burns calories from fat. That's why when we do these eight to 10 miles a day, you see us practically melt away. And when you do the HIIT workouts, you're burning carbs, sugar. You're burning all your glycogen stores in your muscles. Now, HIIT cardio is great for cardiovascular and endurance and for heart health, but HIIT workouts, they say that they burn fat. They burn fat after you work out. But if you do a HIIT workout and then you go to the couch and eat, then obviously you're not going to be burning that. So I'm all for cheat days. Call it cheat days. Call it a ham sandwich. Call it whatever you want to call it. But if you are going to eat something you're not supposed to be doing, don't feel bad about it. Make a decision and you have to scrub it. So what that means is you have to walk for eight, eight miles. You have to fast. Do whatever you got to do to scrub that and get back down to the weight that you were before you had that meal. And ultimately, our goal is to become metabolically flexible. So what that means is that your body can switch from being in ketosis to burning ketones and using ketones as energy. And then if you do have some carbs, your body will burn glucose. When you fast, you turn on the fat burning and you burn the fat. When you feast, that's when you're giving yourself nutrients and burning and building muscle. So I think that's why alternate day fasting works really well for people who are trying to build muscle and gain lean mass, because you can go from having a cardio slow steady day when you're doing your fasting and then doing a feasting day. And on those days is when you lift so that your muscles are utilizing that nutrition. Again, I keep a 10 pound give. I don't freak out. If there's 10 pounds over on the scale, I'm not going to freak out. Six of it is probably water. We're women. We have our periods. So I always give myself a 10 pound give and I don't freak out about it. You know, don't, don't be obsessed with this, with the number on the scale. It does fluctuate and it does go up and down. And again, we mentioned that I'm thinking about doing alternate day fasting, which is about 36 to 42 hours, super doable. And then I'm not afraid of eating. You know, these ladies that are doing these like ridiculous fasts for like seven days and 14 days and 20 days. And some people were doing 30 days. Like, what? Well, I mean, your body, you can't, you, you're not feeding your body for 30 days. It's insane. It's like, what is your body going to do whenever you do feed it? It's going to absorb everything because it's been starved from nutrients and just giving it salt water. Don't eat before bed. That's probably one of the biggest issues because if you eat before bed, it's definitely going to be stored as fat. Alcohol is poison. I don't drink alcohol. I probably drink it four times a day, four times a year. And if I do, I sip it. I'm like, this isn't worth it. So I'm really not an alcohol person. Again, sugars and carbs, they actually have a stronger effect on your brain than cocaine. So when we binge, it's because our brains are addicted to sugar and carbs, which is actually bad carbs, which is actually really sad. And then here's the thing. Most people living in the U.S., we are highly addicted already because of the mainstream media and the accessibility to low nutritious food, you know, you can go to McDonald's and get like a dollar cheeseburger and whatnot. And so because we have that accessible to us, it, it you know, if it's there, we're going to do it, right? So just prepare 
And then again, this includes your kids. So if you have kids, try to show them healthy eating habits while you have them at home and not when they're, you know, adults and then the cycle repeats itself. So something, just some food for thought. And I do want to get into a little bit of the salt loading. The salt loading could be dangerous. So be very cautious about the salt loading. I actually did an experiment with the salt loading and I took one teaspoon with two ounces of water and felt great. And then the next day I took two teaspoons and got up to 7,000 milligrams a day and I felt amazing. I ended up losing like three pounds of water. I tend to have water in my system and I tend to hold water because whenever you can lose 10 pounds of, of weight in one day, that's pretty much water weight that I've been carrying around. So I pretty much figured out that I was at a deficiency of severe deficiency of sodium. So now I am working between 7,000 and 10,000 of MGs of salt. Again, because I'm taking that amount doesn't mean that you're t- you should take that amount. You, you definitely need to experiment with salt loading. And to explain to people what salt loading is, is you literally just put a teaspoon or half of a teaspoon, a fourth of a teaspoon, or a teaspoon in your tongue, and you swallow it with water, two ounces of water. You don't mix it with water, and you cannot drink tons of water, because if you do, you end up having a salt wash, and you will be sharding yourself and have the liquid poop. So, So don't do that. Again, the salt loading is really, really beneficial. And it's actually really good for you. Just make sure that you do your research, make sure that you watch that video with Cole explaining it. But the gist of it is that when you are low carb or on a ketogenic diet, you are already deficient of a lot of electrolytes. And sodium is king. Sodium comes before potassium and magnesium. Whenever you have your salt levels high in your body, it will hold on to your electrolytes and flush the excess water in your body. So be very careful with salt loading, do your research on it, but I can attest that it does work and I will continue to do it. I'm going to try, I took two teaspoons today before the dry fast and I feel great. I actually did an hour heavy lifting. I walked eight miles and after this call, I'm going to walk another two miles and I feel great. So far, so good. So if you guys have questions on the salt loading, I can try to answer those, but it is very beneficial. And the way I kind of saw it was until, so you will get bloated a little bit. I was actually on the phone with Monica and I said, I can't believe I took this. Oh my God, I'm so bloated. This isn't healthy. And then as we were talking to her, I said, okay, I got to let you go. Cause I got to run back home because I'm about to piss myself. Yeah. And I know it's not the end of the world. If you can't last the whole five days it's, it's not bad you know like i said you're you you start getting better with each fast and your integrity gets a little bit better it's not supposed to be easy you know we we i hurt too that's why i take those ice baths and the biggest thing with this fast is you know don't overthink it i posted a video on my instagram i'm terrible with posting on facebook so i apologize but i just basically posted a video about just taking a day by day today's one day don't worry about tomorrow then tomorrow, 
Just worry about one day at a time. Because if you think about like, oh my gosh, I got four more days to go, you're going to feel, you know, unmotivated. So just one day at a time, reach out to us, get on the, the group on Facebook, because we'll be posting. I know Angelica loves posting her videos and they're awesome. They motivate me as well. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share it on your social media, and be sure to leave a review on iTunes. Follow Monica on Instagram at fit.fat.hotaf and on Twitter at fitfathotaf.